This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. And we are underway with the world's most exciting public affairs radio show. I'm proud to be your host, Adam Ritz. Joining me on the phone is Jay Baker. Hello, Jay. How are you? Hey, Adam. I'm doing great. We have another uh, edition. Uh, I've been calling these um, pandemic editions of the show Life During COVID. These are our Life During COVID episodes because we've been taking a look at how uh, life has been changing uh, through public affairs radio, and uh, good and bad. Uh, and there's a every single day, every single week, there seems to be something pop up that uh, people just hadn't thought of, or how life has changed. It's simple as working from home when that craze first hit a few months back, uh, all the way through, and including buffet restaurants becoming uh, more and more extinct and how those are probably going to be gone forever, Uh, how the movie industry has changed, how cruise ships and the travel industry has changed. Uh, And I'm sure you have some fascinating uh, COVID, life during COVID information to share with us uh, in just a minute. Jay, I wanted to start with sort of a music note uh, on two worlds that you and I are part of uh, that have joined into the world of public affairs and really charity and benefits with a GoFundMe page I found. Uh, Now, you've done a lot of classic rock radio. Have you ever uh, broadcasted with and or interviewed the members of Quiet Riot? You know, very early on when they were super popular, I believe the guy's name was Kevin Dubrow or Dubrow. Kevin Dubrow. Yeah, Kevin Dubrow. And, you know, he was a a ubiquitous radio guest. They had him, uh, I think that he might have literally been on every radio station in North America at one point. Well, I had the the chance to interview uh, Rudy Sarzo about seven or eight years ago uh, on this show. And and if you search adamritzshow.com in the archives, you'll find the interview we did with him. Uh, and it was actually, uh, we covered Kevin Dupro, Dubrow's um, death. He uh, died of a drug overdose. And Rudy Sarzo has been drug-free and alcohol-free his entire career. It's quite amazing how his philosophy has been, you know, you've got to show up to work sober if you want to be a success. And that was one of his main messages to young band members is, you know, you've got to decide when you want to be a rock and roll star, do you want to, you know, have a short, fast, quick career, maybe even a short, fast, quick life? Or do you want to be in the long long haul and have, have major success the way Rudy Sarzo has done. He's played with Whitesnake, Blue Oyster Cult. I mean, I'm sure he's on tour uh, later this year once uh, the music scene comes back into play. Well, back to this GoFundMe page I found uh, through my work with Yacht Rock Radio. And I know you're probably scratching your head thinking, how in the world did we get from Quiet Riot to Yacht Rock uh, in a GoFundMe page? Well, we've become, through Yacht Rock Radio, friends with the guys in Ambrosia and Peter Beckett from Player. And Peter Beckett's wife, Eden, has organized a GoFundMe page for Frankie Benali. Frankie is the uh, original drummer for Quiet Riot. And a few years ago, I don't know if you saw the uh, 
documentary on Quiet Riot on, I think it was on HBO. Did you happen to catch that? Yes, that was must-watch for many people. uh, It was very interesting. It was so fascinating. And it was pretty much produced by Frankie and his, uh, I believe, girlfriend. And he's the original drummer, and he's the current, I think, uh, only original member of the band. And Frankie is battling cancer right now. Uh, He was diagnosed, let me see if I can get this straight. He was uh, diagnosed in April of 2019. Um, The cancer uh, has metastasized, I'm sorry, metastasized to his liver. Um, They say it's officially incurable. The survival rate of what Frankie has is just one to five years with the diagnosis um, 10%. 10%. So it's it's not looking uh, fantastic uh, in the world of uh, Frankie Benali and his cancer diagnosis. Uh, there has been a GoFundMe page put together by uh, Eden Maureen Beckett, who is Peter Beckett's wife, Peter Beckett of Player. And if you go to this GoFundMe page, there's a picture of Peter Beckett singing with Frankie. Uh, it's kind of cool. And they're trying to raise uh, upwards of $40,000, the goal. Uh, which I'm sure will be hit very soon. They're over 35000 right now. Uh, they will probably raise that goal and just keep it going. If you search Frankie Benali of Quiet Riot on GoFundMe.com, you will find this page if you'd like to uh, help out Frankie and his family. So I just wanted to start with that uh, GoFundMe update. Um, I'm sure a lot of us, uh, in fact, I've never met anybody that wasn't touched by cancer. Uh, a friend, a family member, a loved one uh, who has suffered uh, with this incurable disease um, that, you know, sometimes can be beat. Uh, I don't want to get uh, too down, uh, but uh, in Frankie's case, they're going to need a lot of help. So if you want to check that out, GoFundMe.com. You're listening to The Adam Ritz Show, and we are brought to you in part by Vibonomics and Vibonomics.com, an audio uh, advertising platform and in-store audio uh, solution. If you walk into a retail space, a a convenience store, a gas station, a grocery store, you hear some cool music, you hear some messaging uh, informing you about the products on the shelves. That is probably Vibonomics you're listening to. More information at Vibonomics.com. All right, life during COVID. Uh, I put you on the spot there, Jay. I hope that's what you wanted to talk about today. (laughs) Well, we do have some COVID updates. And yes, it was interesting that you mentioned that because the number one word that has come up in research this week is just uh, the fact that people are totally fatigued with the entire COVID experience. And you're seeing some pushback now in some states that have opened back up and you're seeing people that are so bent on getting out that uh, a recent example uh, and I don't know if you saw this in the news Lake of the Ozarks which is a very popular spot during the summer had an absolute blowout party the minute Missouri let many of their restrictions go to the point where they actually ask anybody that was at those parties to then go home and self-quarantine for 14 days because they were in such close proximity to others. I did. Yeah, I did see those images in the video. Looked like a heck of a party. I mean, in any other situation, uh, I'm kind of, I'd be upset I missed it. Uh, But yeah, this social distancing, uh, you know, we thought there might be some relaxed, um, 
you know, really relaxed attitudes towards, hey, the states are now open, like like the rope has been dropped, uh, holding you back from getting in line for the roller coaster. Once the rope drops, you just sprint for that line. Well, this rope uh, for the states opening up and getting back to quote unquote normal, it is not just dropped. It is not get right back into the uh, the pool or the lake or get 50,000 people within a, a one block radius of yourself. So it's still, you know, we've got to think about that social distancing uh, because we don't want that second wave to be bigger than the first. Yes, absolutely. And that's one thing that most people are finding now is there's been an awful lot of research and Google searches involving exactly what phase your state is in. Most people do recommend that in public, no matter where you live municipality-wise, that wearing a face mask in a store setting is probably not a bad idea. That is uh, something that I think is here to stay for a while. Do you wear a mask uh, when you get out? I do. And in fact, I had a service technician stop by my house and he and I both stood uh, apart from each other and were wearing masks. So even as you think in terms of getting somebody to your home to do something, if you both wear a mask, I think, I don't know if etiquette is the word, but certainly that seems to be the procedure, if you will. You just, you know, maybe have an extra mask around. So if you do have a service technician show up without a mask, I, I too had one uh, last week and they did have a mask. So, you know, they, they these are company policies on their part too. But just in case, if you have a freelancer, uh, a guy show up that's going to work on something in your house, he doesn't have a mask on, maybe have an extra mask to hand him. I can't imagine they'd be offended by that. No. And having extra masks is always a good idea uh, for yourself. And then you can share with friends if you have to. Uh, Here's an interesting note. You know, June is the most popular wedding month. And as we head into June, you know, you get into a situation where some states had had restrictions on the number of people who can congregate. For some states, it's up to 50 now. So conceivably, you still could have a wedding. But even in a wedding situation where it's implied that you are with family and friends, you'd still want to socially distant uh, yourself. So I, I think that is interesting as well, is you take something that, you know, I wouldn't use mundane because if we were getting married this next month, it'd be far from mundane. But people getting married is something that happens all the time. I, I, I agree with you, Jay. You take a terrible event like a wedding. And <laughs> terrible. Event. I mean, just be, maybe the worst day of your life. And you know, you no, no, no. I, I hear what you're saying. You get a nice suit. It has to be back at the store by the following Wednesday, or they'll charge you fifty percent. <laughs> uh, but that is an example of some of the things. Uh, here's what's interesting too. Uh, June 14th is not only Flag Day, which is an important day in the United States, but it's also Blood Donor Day. And blood donations have really altered in this pandemic era. Still a big need for blood. There's always a big need for blood in the summertime, which we'll get to in just a second. And the reason why more blood is needed in the summertime is people are out and about. And when people are out and about, you have more accidents. So more, that's a, uh, more interesting conundrum. And you have more time 
to get in an accident with the sun staying up longer. The longer days of the summer, I certainly have uh, more skin knees than I would have in the winter when it gets dark at five o'clock in the afternoon. Absolutely. And you're lucky if you just get skin knees because doesn't every accident begin with, hey, look at this. Hey, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to a point. This is National Safety Month. And I thought that was interesting because safety is this big, broad uh, word. What does it really mean? And safety, National Safety Month, and there's even an organization, NSC.org, they collect data on accidents, and their desire is to have preventable accidents because it's now the number three cause of preventable deaths in the United States. And what, wait, what's 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 the cause? What's the cause? Just being unsafe? Yeah. Well, Just here's accidents. What's yeah, I know, and it sounds so vague. I actually did some research. I thought, am I just kidding myself here? Of course, we all know to be safe. Uh, anybody that is a parent has undoubtedly told their children, probably it's difficult to calculate the, the number of times you said to your child to be careful. But this addresses the issue that, uh, well, to give you an example, like last year, accidental deaths rose 10%. Wow. And it is now number three between heart disease, cancer, and accidental deaths are the number three killer in America. So that's counting clumsiness or mm -hmm. just or just wrong place, wrong time. If a branch, a 2,000-pound branch falls off the top of a tree and lands on you. That's not correct. That's not due to your clumsiness, although uh, I would I would happen to guess uh, that a lot of these, most of these, uh, I guess, types of accidents are due to operator error. Yes. Well, that was what the point was. Is you look at the preventable aspects of this, everything from uh, thinking through things at home. We've talked in the past about uh, certain months lend themselves to home repairs. And if you have to get up on a ladder, you really want to think through that you're using that ladder safely up to and including the point of hiring a professional if you are unsure of yourself on a ladder or other high conveyance. And it's but the the, uh, the, the NSC.org? NSC.org for more information. I have some stats I, I could share with you. I and think that's, there's one you'll find very fascinating. I'm here. assuming okay. it's it's the National Safety Council. Yeah. Okay. NSC.org. All right. Let's hear and, some statistics. What do you have? Well, well, what we like about NSC is it is a council and they have a great summer cookout every year. Um, Americans, I wonder if they hire you if you're clumsy. I mean, if you walk into your job interview and you trip over the threshold of the door and, and drop you your imagine. drop your laptop and it breaks, you just say, okay, thank you for your time, and you walk out with your tail between you just your legs. don't even try. <laughs> here's, a, here's a very strange statistic. Uh, an American is injured every second. Well. And... <laughs> and he's upset by it. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, yeah, I'd hate to be that guy. That. 
<laughs> I set you up and I knew you'd take a oh spot. Oh my at gosh. It. Okay. <laughs> and an American is killed every three minutes. And once again, this falls under the category of preventable because it was an accident. Um, you can imagine that motor vehicle crashes are also incorporated into the National Safety Council's concerns because every automobile accident, sadly, was preventable by somebody operating in a little more lucid state, if you mm-hmm. think about it. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're all preventable somehow. Now, if you go to nsc.org, Adam, they actually have uh, a, a, a way for you to pump in all your statistics. You tell NSC, you know, what your gender is uh, and where you live, and it will actually kind of show you, uh, walk you through what are the most dangerous things in your state and in your age group. Well, that's helpful. Well, I think so. To give you an example, uh, as me as a male, the things I need to be the most concerned about uh, is having a poisoning death, which also includes opioids, which sadly is still a factor in America. And then also uh, 31% of of males end up uh, injured or killed in motor vehicle accidents. Now, now, certainly not not everyone, but I'm just saying the males that are involved in accidents. Uh, I got gotcha. you. And yeah, end up in, and then nineteen uh, percent in the male world have to be concerned about falling off something. So, hence uh, my mention of the latter. Uh, so. Uh, that is why you want to be very aware of this. In fact, in the emergency department, um, for men over the age of 50, they have found that uh, falls represent 35% of emergency room visits and that overexertion accounts for about 10% of those emergency room visits. Well, Jay, I'll have you know I have two 10-foot ladders in my garage. And uh-huh. I haven't been on either of them in 10 years. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I did just have some new lights put up in my uh, kitchen and, and breakfast nook. I hired someone to do it. They were on the ladder. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that the, if that's one of the things that gets me in trouble, I'm glad to mark that off the list. Not going to happen. Well, once, once again, it's uh, something that is preventable and you're right. You've taken a, a simple way of taking something that's potentially dangerous and passing that danger along to a professional that knows how to get up on those ladders. Yeah. Now, on uh, in June, we also celebrate Father's Day. And in honor of that, June is Men's Health Month. Well, and so this is a spotlight on men taking a little bit better care of themselves. Uh, here in our country, sadly, men tend to die sooner than women. Mm-hmm. And initially, when they started doing the statistics, Adam, um, most uh, there was only about a year apart when they started to really study this in the 20s. But now, uh, statistically, men tend to die five years before women. Well, that's my girlfriend, Melissa, will be happy to hear that because she is exactly five years younger than me. So we'll 
you know it's almost perfect it's, isn't it it's poetic we'll uh we'll go out together like that old couple on the titanic <laughs> um yeah so five years is the magic number men die five, five years, years earlier number. than than females that's interesting well yeah, pre, so. uh before we get to father's day let me just uh, wish you a happy father's day i'll be the first one to say that to you uh, I'm looking forward to having my dad back in town. They were stuck in Florida with the uh, COVID situation, and they are, my parents, both of them are on the road as we speak, uh, driving back up north for the rest of the summer. So I'll actually get to spend Father's Day with my dad. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, good. Uh, and I hope uh, my kids remember me on the big day. Yeah, it is coming up. And did you tell your dad to stop at Travel Centers of America if he got hungry on the road? <laughs> Plenty of options. A lot of good stuff at TA, Travel Centers of America. Travel Centers yeah. of America. Now, uh, you probably know that uh, th this is an interesting note. The reason why men have some of the issues that they have, they are st statistically less likely to visit their medical doctor. Well, that's true. I knew that, and I, I'm actually guilty of that. Yeah, so you're not the only one. So obviously it's something that everybody has to be aware of. And also, uh, during the month of June, it's Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month. And this is a, a situation that some 50 million uh, people uh, in North America are currently dealing with. So this is not all Americans. Part of that 50 million figure is Canadians as well. But it is uh, a worrisome topic for many people. And as people age, obviously, you want to be very aware of uh, Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when I did the research. Alzheimer's is specific and then the word dementia is also can typify Alzheimer's, but dementia is, you know, overall lack of clarity. My uh, grandmother uh, in 1986 passed away from Alzheimer's disease. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's something to think about. It touches a lot of people. You said 50 million people in North America. So that, 50 million I, people, America and Canada, Canadians. And uh, just real quick, and, and, you know, as you and I know, when we touch on these topics, they they are serious and, you know, we don't want to bring people down. But uh, if you do uh, have uh, aging people in your life, and as you said, Adam, I, too, had a grandmother who was just, uh, you know, the total matriarch of the family. But uh, when she uh, contracted Alzheimer's, it really altered the landscape for our family. Yeah, and I've talked to my mom about it. Uh, I can't imagine uh, my mother, I believe, was a little younger than I am right now dealing with her mother having Alzheimer's disease and, you know, how fast it went downhill near the, near the end of my grandmother's life. So I've certainly thanked the Lord above for having healthy parents. Uh, they're 78 years old now. They've got all their wits about them, and I'm certainly blessed and thankful that I don't have to deal with them going through this, uh, you know, at this stage of mine and my kids' lives. So, uh, you know, I've, I've given uh, my hats off to my mom and really appreciate all of the strife that she had to go through in her mid to late 40s dealing with her mom 
uh, and that decline of her life so quickly with the uh, the end of Alzheimer's disease. You know, we always joked that near the beginning, even my grandmother joked that it was funny. You know, you, just some forgetful things happen, and sometimes they're comical stories. And uh, let's say over a 10-year period, the first eight years were were livable. But those last two yes. years were just such a steep decline in her health and her mental awareness and capacity. And at the very end, it was just it was so sad and terrible. Um, and our thoughts and prayers are with everyone listening that's had to deal with a, a family member, a loved one that's had to go through uh, some sort of Alzheimer's situation. Yeah, it is very, very difficult. And then, as you pointed out, um, the very early stages of it can be so subtle and not necessarily life-altering. So that's why you have to be a little bit careful. Uh, one of the things the Alzheimer's Association, and that is ALZ.org, that follows your rule of having a very simple website that you can go immediately to. They talk about prevention, obviously, on that website. And they talk about the difference between everyday uh, little minor losses uh, you know, you probably know, Adam, that if you are suddenly asked a question of trivia, even if you kind of know the answer, it might take you a second or two to really go, oh, wait a minute, that baseball team in New York. Oh, that's the Mets. No, no, the other one. Oh, uh, and the word Yankees may take a while to come to you. They've always said that all the information is still up there. It's just your ability sometimes to access it. Uh, can be altered with time. However, if you do have a memory loss that disrupts your life, I've got five quick warning signs here. If you have a memory loss that disrupts your life, meaning that this loss of memory prevents you from, let's say, remembering relatives or remembering where you left your phone, not good. Um, One thing, if you're having trouble with numbers or lists. And the example they gave is that sometimes Alzheimer's patients will have a great deal of trouble with something like a checkbook. And, you know, the checkbook seems so simple, doesn't it? But if you've got Alzheimer's, those numbers may just jumble together. Mm -hmm. If you have confusion with time or place, um, this was a little surprising to me, but if you have Alzheimer's, you can actually get to the point where you're not sure what time of the day it is or actually physically where you are. And that sounds pretty scary to me. Yeah, it does. Uh, also misplacing things. Uh, it's okay to occasionally misplace things, but if you are misplacing things on a regular basis, you probably should consult with somebody or if you have a relative that's going through this. And then you touched on this, Adam. Uh, You can have a situation where you have Alzheimer's or dementia present. Uh, The patient is kind of okay, but oftentimes they can have a change in mood. And that's one thing that I really noticed with uh, the Alzheimer's patient in our family is they really had a big change in mood. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember that with my grandmother, for sure. They uh, they can get nasty very quickly. Yeah, they can get combative, and, mm-hmm. in the, and then all the other things are occurring around them, 
and then they act out, they push back quite a bit, and it's a very serious situation. So that's why it is Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month coming up here in June amongst all these other ones. But, of course, the one thing that I would leave you here on the Adam Rich Show is let's all be safe because it is safety month. <laughs> and as you pointed out, Adam, uh, some of the restrictions are being lifted, so people are getting out more. But uh, I guess be hyper aware, especially in warmer weather, uh, that there are more people present. So you have to be aware of pedestrians when you're driving, people who are cycling when you drive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, the National Safety Month says uh, be safe. Well, and I know it, it sounds vague, but it's a preventable uh, thing. The main takeaway from today's show is that the third largest killer in America is not being safe. Not so, safe. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> just tell people, hey, you got to be safe. I heard it on the radio. If you're not safe, uh, it's it's right between heart disease and cancer. As far as killing people in America, let's be safe. And if you need more information, nsc.org. And they'll give Absolutely. you all the uh, info you need to stay alive and stay safe. National Safety Month. I love it. Uh, also, I want to end on uh, and remind our listeners if they want to check out that GoFundMe page um, concerning Frankie Benali, who's uh, the original founding member of Quiet Riot. He's the drummer. Uh, he's having a lot of cancer issues he's going through, trying to deal with, and there's a GoFundMe page set up. Just search Frankie Benali, Quiet Riot on GoFundMe, and you will find it. My name is Adam Ritz, Jay Baker. Thanks for joining me. Uh, for our listeners, you can listen to this episode and all of our past episodes on demand on our website. Simple. It's adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.